When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Profoundly Pointless. My name is Nick Vinzant. Coming up in this episode, celebrities and bread. A publicist can also help with like image and branding and like, oh, here, you know, why don't you polish yourself up a little bit here? Why don't you go to this party? Why don't you, you know, make an appearance here? Let me get you on this red carpet. And you have to be in a space of receiving. And if you can't be receiving and you're constantly letting that flow come out, you're not, you're like, you're never replenishing yourself and people can feel that and nothing comes to you. You have to go out and get everything. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. So we're going to do something a little bit different in this episode. We're going to have one guest, but talk about two distinct topics. Our first guest is a celebrity publicist who has worked with some of the biggest names out there and really specializes in helping celebrities build a brand. But she also has a unique business mindset that has really allowed her to grow these businesses and have a good life outside of them as well. This is celebrity publicist Danielle Sabrina. What makes a good celebrity publicist? Um, No, I think building relationships with people is the same, no matter whether, you know, you're trying to just network, sales, whatever it is, you know, you want to be as authentic as possible. I mean, I think it doesn't necessarily have to be like a good celebrity, like just being a good publicist, having a strong handle on what it takes to move a person or a brand, how to communicate effectively, and your ability to build relationships. Are, is so important. How is working with a celebrity different than like doing public relations or publicist work for, say, a brand? Um, it's different in that with a celebrity, you're not so much on, you're doing more like story control a lot of times, you know, so you want to really help guide that narrative. Um, most of the time, you know, press are pretty interested in speaking to celebrities and seeing what's going on. So making sure that, you know, when you are announcing something or, you know, maybe that celebrity is putting out a new product or they're starting a business, um, that that narrative is there. And when you're working with a brand, you're really building relationships and telling their story, but also building their them up as a thought leader, whereas like the celebrity is already kind of established. 
why is that important with a celebrity to control the narrative of it? Well, because sometimes, you know, what they're doing is really important and can have a big impact, but their, their status as a celebrity can outshine that. So they might be doing, you know, an, an initiative within a nonprofit or, you know, something that could have a tremendous impact and you want the spotlight to be on what that impact is and not necessarily the celebrity themselves. What do you think makes you good at it? Um, I have a lot of different experience. So I used to be a trader. Then I worked in the IPO space and then I did business intuitive work. So, and I've had my own businesses. This isn't my first business. So I feel that I have a like a very like vast understanding of the different components. And I, I built my own brand and marketed my own self just to make sure that, you know, I'm not talking about something that I haven't already done myself. When did you kind of transition into working with celebrities? Was that something that you wanted to do or was that something that just kind of happened? It just kind of happened on its own. I never set out to, you know, specifically work with celebrities or anything. It just happened. We have like a, an especially like a niche with people who are celebrities in particular who are launching businesses or products. So that's like a, that that's an area of ours where like we just excel at really well. And I think that came from like my business development background, my marketing background, and then combining all of that together. There's not a lot of publicists that I know of that specialize in that particular area. How kind of has the business? changed since you started it used to be very much like oh you get into this publication and it will drive your business forward like you know you get into the you know the wall street journal new york times and all of a sudden like sales are flying in and but there's so much content out there now brands really need to bring that back in house and think about how they're like going about their thought leadership instead in and be more creative and create pieces, whether it's like their own thought leadership pieces, or, you know, think about that the expertise that they're sharing with the media, and it's less about what the company is doing. And it's more about who the people are that are in the company, the challenges that they've overcome, how they can inspire others versus like, hey, look at me and what I'm doing. Do you think the media in general is more important now or less important now because people can kind of create their own right? Like the celebrity or whoever the brand can just put out their own statements. Do they need the media anymore? Yeah, it still definitely has that external validation and the right, if you align with the right writer, the right publication and the right messaging, it can drive sales to your business. Absolutely. So you need to have those outlets that remain unbiased and are, you know, their goal is to put out great content because audiences follow that and not many brands are willing to do that. Like their content is going to be very much centered around driving business. Are you ready for some harder slash listener submitted questions? (laughs) Sure. Person you were starstruck to meet. You know, it might've been, it might've been Mike Tyson because I feel like he's been such like, there's been so many different perceptions of him. And I don't know if I was starstruck, but it was more just, it was such an interesting experience meeting him because he was so different than what I anticipated. So it was, there's a lot, you know, there's people that I've met, like celebrities who are exactly how I thought they would be, you know, like that's exactly how I thought they thought they were exactly like, I wasn't surprised, but with Mike Tyson, I, I was just really surprised how, 
connected to the universe he is, how spiritual he is, um, and how insightful about life he is. Because I just kind of pictured this guy who, <laughs> this, you know, wild partying, like, fighter is what I had thinking maybe I was going to be walking into. Who is generally harder for you to kind of work with as a client? A person who is really famous, a person who is kind of famous, or a person who is just starting out and has like a little bit of fame? There's many factors in that, but the client that is most difficult to work with in general is one that thinks like that um, is very controlling and wants, you know, is just like, this is what we want. And like, this is, this is how it's going to be done. And when you get someone like that, it, it's really difficult for the brilliance in a campaign to come out because everything becomes very tactical and the creative starts getting squeezed out. What do you do when someone isn't as famous as they think they are? Um, it depends on how that's coming out. If that's coming out in their attitude towards press and their entitlement towards press or, you know, like having thinking that, you know, they deserve to be flown out in a private jet for an interview or, you know, some something, you know, just outrageous requests. That has to be a discussion because I'm not going to expose my relationship to people who I value and help support my business because someone might not be self-aware enough to be like, it really comes back to like, it's not okay to treat people like that. That's really what it comes back to. So if you think someone thinks they're more famous than they are, that's probably coming out in a way of I shouldn't have to do this or they're lucky to talk to me or, you know, like that type of energy and that type of energy isn't going to result in anything good. It's going to, if anything, upset the person on the other end, which is the writer or the reporter most interesting campaign you think you worked on? There is one that we're working on that I'm working on right now that I'm excited about because the founder of the company is very forward thinking and he's just really cool. And we're going to do um, a series with him and his daughter. And he has this eight year old daughter and it's this like driving app. So it's not, you know, it's an insurance driving app. It's we're producing a whole series based on like conversations with him and his daughter and the places they've been. And she's this just really cool eight year old. When you're in like kind of the celebrity publicist world, is it a thing where they come to you, you recruit them? Like how does that process generally work when you get new clients? Um, on the, the celebrity said it can come either way. Like uh, I don't really recruit celebrities at all. So I prefer that they either find me on their own or they come in through a referral because I, I like to have some sort of trust established or something where like, you know, either confidence or trust already established. What is generally easy to manage, easier to manage a celebrity's rise or a celebrity's fall? I mean, it's obviously easier to manage the rise. It's a little more hectic. If the fall is something that is that if they did something like domestic violence, something like that, I think there's a, a better publicist out there that they can work with to help support them in that downfall because I just like that just doesn't align with me. I don't care who it is. I don't think you really like if they're working with a publicist, they're probably not going to be going backwards during that time. It's probably they already went there. It's like not like 
on the way up, like, yeah, of course, like you're part of them because you're, you're building their brand, but they're, you're not going to, I would be like, if you were a, a publicist and your client is going down, you're not a good you're not a publicist for very long right yeah i'm like what's happening there like but would would you say that in general right like not specifically you but in general in that this kind of an industry can the publicist make someone a star right like this person would be a famous actor if only they could get the right publicist i mean they just it depends on what the talent themselves are like what is happening if they're a publicist can definitely start building up that, like get that buzz and that momentum going. So if the talent is already there, if they're already a vibe, if they're, you know, they already have the whole piece, a publicist can also help with like image and branding and like, Oh, here, you know, why don't you polish yourself up a little bit here? Why don't you go to this party? Why don't you, you know, make an appearance here? Let me get you on this red carpet. Let me start building some stuff and then show you how to leverage it. Like, let's make sure we're posting this on social, post that here. I want you to talk about this. Like, so you are guiding them and you can like, yeah, that can absolutely help you grow your, whatever it is. If you're an actor, that's your business, you know, like that's your craft. So, but I mean, if you're not like, if, if the foundation isn't there, like you can't turn someone into like a star if there are, but they're not a good actor. So let's switch gears really quick you have this remarkable story of going from a high school dropout to working in a variety of different fields, starting your own business that was named one of the best PR companies, and you're a mentor with Entrepreneur Magazine. When people come to you for business advice, wondering how did you do this, what do you tell them? Um, I talk a lot about like energy, how to like utilize the energy of the universe into your business, how to break, like how to recognize when something's a limiting belief and how to feel through something that like when to stop pushing through because there's like resistance and how you can look at that. And like that can end up saving you a lot of money in your business. It can help you to not make decisions that you're going to have to go back and fix anyway. I talk about how, like, I love talking about how important it is to just be your authentic self. And sometimes that's a process and like how you can really manifest incredible abundance in your life, both financially and just happiness and joy. Like I have never worked fewer hours than I do now and I've never had more money. So I've never had more as much joy and stability in my life as I do now then when I was grinding and like just work, 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 plugging away, plugging away, it was like always such a force, you know? And now things just fall together. Like I barely have to, like, I can just have the thought and it almost happens immediately. So I like to, that's my passion personally. <laughs> like that's how I train my team. That's how like when I hire new staff, we talk about all of this stuff is way more important than any of the tactical stuff. When you built your, when you built your businesses, what do you think kind of really contributed to your success in that regard? Um, my ability to work with the universe. That's what made me successful. Cause, and I never really became like action definitely will get you there, but it's only going to get you so far. So you're going to find at some point, like you're probably telling yourself like, once I get here, then I can relax then I can have fun, you know, then I can do this. 
and everything, like any of the abundance that you do have in your life or that you're getting in your life is resulted in like, you know, probably way harder work than it's necessary. And I think a lot of people don't have any balance because of that. And then you just find yourself like very disconnected. You know, it, it always seemed to be a thing for me, like growing up, they could just work hard, work hard, work hard, keep your nose down, keep your nose down, keep your nose down, keep going. Do you think that's really successful anymore? No, you don't need to do that. That's what there's, there's literally everything is energy. And if you can align, it's like, if you want something and it's right here and your energy is right here, you'll get it. But if what you, if what you want is right here and you are like either grinding too hard or like down here, you're low vibing, like you will not align to it. So it has to be perfect. And you have to be in a space of receiving. And if you can't be receiving and you're constantly letting that flow come out, you're not, you're like, you're never replenishing yourself and people can feel that and nothing comes to you. You have to go out and get everything. And now like, I don't, it's been a while since I've had to like, anytime I find myself like, oh, I need to like, you know, do this, I have to work hard at this. Like it's never resulted in anything that was great. The things that are great just kind of happen organically. To play maybe a little bit of devil's advocate, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Do you think, is it really the energy of the universe? Or do you think that at some level, you're just kind of, you're just following the thing that you really want to do? Well, you can think like that, following the thing that you really want to do, if your heart center, if you are centered and you truly are in alignment with that, it will come to you and it will be a great fun process. And that's how you know that you are in alignment to it. But if it's not a fun process, if it is extremely unpleasant, if it feels like you're just like, you know, on a hamster wheel or it's a lot of work for not as much return, you know, <laughs> like, how are you really in alignment with it? Or is that the only path that you know, or that you knew to get you there? When did you kind of figure out that this was the approach that you wanted to take? When I missed most of my, my daughter's childhood, because I was working crazy, insane hours, building this, building someone else's business. But regardless of what I was doing, I, reached a financial success point. I didn't feel any different. Nothing changed. My house got bigger. My car got more expensive. My vacations got more elaborate. Bills were a little easier to pay, but nothing else changed except for I missed like having fun. I was tired all the time. I was like burnt out all the time. I was just going through the motions a lot. And then looking back on that, none of that stuff mattered. I don't even talk to that person who owned that business. I don't even have anything to do in the financial space. Like none of it mattered. When I kind of hear that, it's like against my nature, I feel like, the way that I was brought up. Mm -hmm. Do you run into that more with men or more with women? With exactly what you're saying, for sure, with men. With women, it's more guilt-driven. So they're more... Like, I can't imagine thinking, you know, living like, cause it feels like they're like, they feel they have so much guilt, usually guilt for not being with their kids, guilt for not working hard enough, guilt, 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 guilt. We're like, yes, men are like very provider driven. So they're like, work hard, work hard, work hard. I'm the provider. Like, that's what gives me, you know, like that's me fulfilling my role. 
Um, so yeah, you're right for sure on that side. But people who really want to have like larger than life experiences and people who know that there's something more for them out there, even if they don't know, even if they don't quite understand what I'm saying or they don't quite like get it, they're open enough to realize like, okay, that there might be something to this. And let me just maybe dip my toes into it and start proving it for myself, which is what I always recommend. Like I always say, like, it's up to you whether you want to listen to me or not. I'm going to share with my experience and what it's done for my life and people that I love that have chosen to like look at things a little differently. And the universe will deliver signs. Um, that's pretty much all the questions that I have. What's coming? You think there's, is there anything you think that we missed or what's coming up next for you? Um, I'm launching a music label. What? Pretty cool. Um, I'm also going to be producing a feature film with a, an award-winning um, director. So I'm really excited about that as well. I want to thank Danielle so much for joining us. If you want to connect with her, we have linked to her on our social media sites. We're profoundly pointless on Instagram and Twitter. And we have also included her information in the episode description. Okay. Now let's go ahead and bring in John Shaw. Would you say that as you grew up, you were inspired by celebrities' lives? Like, have you looked up to people you didn't actually know throughout your life? Yeah, but only really only one person in, in, in particular, and that was The Rock. Okay. Well, actually, no. Not, I mean, a lot of professional wrestlers. So you know what? I'm just going to say yes. I will say yes. What professional wrestlers did you look up to? So, I mean, uh, right, like I, I'm an era kid, right? So like uh, Bret Hart. You're a what? Like an Attitude Era um uh, kid, like I grew up, you know, I was a teenager. Just, in the just, just say that again and listen to the words coming out of your mouth. <laughs> I really and, don't want to. I don't want to. Right? But just, I will. I dare you to try to say that again out loud and just listen to what it sounds like. Without look, I'm a professional wrestling fan as well, but I would never say something like that. So just say that again and listen to what it sounds like coming out of an adult man's mouth. I was an era kid. I grew up in the Attitude Era. Uh, you know, I, I think you're looking more for maybe like motivation and actually being a good person, but man, I couldn't wait till I was, you know, of legal drinking age, which I wasn't of course, but just to pound some beers on my, you know, then just start chugging them like he did or, you know, that's like an that. interesting thing to think that Steve Austin probably did more to inspire underage drinking than anybody. <laughs> Other thing that I wanted to ask you is what would you rather have in your house, a spider or a fly? Ooh. Right. So I have this yeah. thing. Uh, we've we've been known to have uh, left different uh, foods out for long periods of time. And which, by we, do you mean you as a family or you specifically? Uh, I'll say us as a family. And we have developed uh, a couple of fruit fly intrusions, which have not been fun. You just throw the food out. Yeah, but there's they still linger for a few days. Right, but where did you leave the food out at? Is it uh, hidden? Like, I, obviously, you have small children. Did they like drop it underneath something, or is it just sitting out on your kitchen table and you just walk by your plate of strawberries <laughs> for four days straight? No, no. One time was was like that. My my oldest had dropped a piece of banana, like in the couch, and it rotted and. 
you know, that's what happened. And then twice okay. was uh, one was a potato and the other one was an apple. That just well, where were they, though? Yeah, I, I understand that. I understand the concept of food. But where did you leave them out? But it's it's hard to kind of really describe. Like we have, so you just took like a potato and like chucked it up there in the cabinets. No, like we have we have like we have a um, like a rack for potatoes that we put them up there. Specifically for potatoes, it's a potato only rack. I mean, it's turned into that. Yes, but you didn't buy like a potato rack. No. No, okay, but, so you bought a rack, and then that just happens to be the rack where you put the potatoes. Yes, yeah, but I mean okay. it's kind of hard to explain. Now, does it how? No, does it how? What kind of can house can house all kinds of potatoes, or is it specifically like? Can you yeah. put sweet potatoes in there? What about yams? <laughs> I don't know. I've never tried a yam. I I usually, I usually only buy canned yams. So, can yams? Yeah, canned can yams. yams. So, okay. All right. All right. Well, that was a failure. So I, I guess answering your question, uh, I'm going to say flies. I'd rather have uh, yeah. uh, spiders and no flies. Is there any room in your house where a spider could be at and it wouldn't really bother you? Like you would like, oh, there's a spider there. But you would walk past it and not get rid of the spider. Yeah, probably. And I'm sure they are there, actually, in my basement, you know, in the corners or, you know, places I don't go to all the time or look at all the time. I do feel a little bit like the basement is spider territory. In some way, I'm kind of intruding on them in a way. I feel like it's the basement is kind of theirs, especially if it's not a finished basement. It's kind of like my skunk issue that I have, that I've had for the last year. Now my house isn't my house. Now it's the skunk's house. They had babies, so like it's really their house. How many skunks are in your house? <laughs> we have a family... <laughs> Just like us, we have a family of four, but they live underneath the house. You've heard of uh, exterminators, right? Or animal control? You know what? I'm not even ashamed. I'm not even ashamed to throw out some company names on this channel. Okay, but they can't uh, get rid of it. The the skunk king that he calls himself here in southeast uh, southeast Michigan didn't do shit. Didn't catch anything but one opossum, and I felt terrible for it. The skunk king couldn't get the skunks out. No. No, this is Detroit. He didn't like yeah. just borrow a gun from the neighbors. No, no, not at all. Now, wait a minute. Now, how many different, how many different uh, exterminators or animal control or whatever that you're going to call it? How many different companies have you called? Three of them, including wow. him. You got to get the real skunk king, man. The other two, uh, the other two companies recommendation was just to fill the, the, the hole with concrete. Or dirt, preferably concrete, which, you know, I, that's fine and that probably would work. But what, you know, what if those babies were in there and they died and now it's going to smell up my entire fucking house for two months? You know what I mean? Just, uh, well, they're covered in concrete. I would think that that would probably go ahead and take care of that problem. <laughs> what, what if they see the concrete coming and they just let out like gas for hours? I mean, Ooh, I'm just, that is bad. I'm just saying. Wow. I, I think the only solution is to move the whole house, dig the whole house up. <laughs> just come to Seattle. Yeah, just move the house across the country. You can live anywhere. You can have a mobile home, literally. <laughs> All right, let's make this nice and easy here today. Uh, we'll start with Dalton. Appreciate you. Uh, Mariana. Lance Chance. I'm sure that uh, isn't a real name, but sounded cool. Uh, Christopher. Uh, Brinson. Anna Gonzalez. Appreciate you. Christian. 
Doug, Ben, and then uh, Cheyenne Patterson. Appreciate everyone who checked us out this past week. Don't see a lot of kids named Doug. <laughs> no. like that's a name that's like that that name has phased out for the moment yeah for Not sure a lot of Doug's. like doug is kind of like a carl <laughs> like what's your carl. name carl oh carl <laughs> do you think carl. carl and doug's are friends oh yeah they'd have to be yeah, yeah. carl is naturally just attracted to a doug <laughs> i have to be right well doug if you're listening to this just- if you have a friend named Carl, let us know. Also, just like Lance and Derek. I feel like Lance and Derek are also naturally going to be friends. Yeah, they're like mid-level names. You know what I mean? Like, I could see that. I could see that for sure. Right. They're always going to be. They're the same kind of. I know exactly what a Lance and a Derek look like without ever meeting them. Just like I know exactly what a Carl and a Doug look like without ever meeting them. <laughs> Right, well, like somebody I, could just show you a picture of a baby, and like, oh yeah, that's Carl. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Doug. I, yeah I, you didn't even have to. You could, if your name was Carl, you could walk into a room, and people wouldn't even like. You don't even have to introduce yourself. Everybody knows your name is Carl as soon as you walk into the room. <laughs> I get. I wonder if they think that about like me. They're like, wow, that dude's a Carl. But no, no I'm a John. You're a, you kind of you have a John vibe to you. Well, thank you. Yeah, you you're. You're like a Nick. I could be like a Brad. Like if oh, yeah. my name was oh, Brad, yeah. people wouldn't be that surprised, right? I can see that. Or I can even say Chris, too. You could be a Chris. I could be a Chris. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I do look. All right. This one's pretty simple here. Uh, you have to say you're all out of milk, but you really want that cereal. What are you uh, What are you using in substitute? I wrote down some suggestions if you don't have anything that comes to your mind, but... Uh... Uh, well, number one, I've done this before and actually did it for a long time. I just used water. Oh God. I'm not going out to buy milk when I'm in college, dude. That's an extra $2 that I'm not spending. It's not, it's really not that much worse. I've also used chocolate syrup, which was, oh yeah, dude, don't do that. Wow. How much chocolate syrup did you use? Uh, too much. That's what (laughs) happens when you do, that's what happens when you do drugs. That's, um, (laughs) yep. Yeah. Okay, I've never used anything else besides. I've never thought of like using juice or anything like that. Have you? Uh, I've uh, chocolate milk, which is kind of the same as syrup, really, but not really. Uh, I like I like I I like buying chocolate cereal, putting in chocolate morsels, and then pouring chocolate milk on top of it. That sounds wow, healthy. dude. How much do you weigh? Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> But I, I've I've always wondered like if people if it's true that people have actually used like beer, or, or I don't think so, or like Coke or, or Pepsi or something. I always wonder if that's true. I'm sure it's true that somebody has done it, but more as like a "Hey, look at me" kind of a done it <laughs> thing, not as like this is what I actually like to do kind of thing. Like, yeah, I, I've never I've never thought about, oh hey, I'm gonna pour some beer into my cereal because I'm out of milk. I, I just. That would be I terrible. That. It just sounds awful. Not yeah, bad. that sounds disgusting. All right, uh, moving on here. Uh, rank these one through three. A jacuzzi, a pool, or a slip and slide? Am I going for straight fun? Like, am I a teenage kid trying to have a good time, or am I just trying to relax? Say you're 26 and it's just hot as shit outside and uh, – well, slip and slide because slip and slide has yeah. the greatest possibility for drinking. 
involved with the slip and slide, right? Like I'm not really there to do the slip and slide. I'm there to have some fun. See, I think we talked about this actually, uh, the, a jacuzzi, you know, the jacuzzi can be a great time to have a couple of beers and, you know, no, I've never enjoyed that. Honestly, it's just hot. Like well, I want to be hot and drunk. No. Uh, all right. Fair enough. All right. So jacuzzi. Yeah, so I would go slip inside pool jacuzzi. I would actually completely avoid the jacuzzi. I would, I would say that I would honestly never, I've ne- probably never had a good time in a hot tub. Well, then you're not, I don't think you're doing it right then. Well, I wasn't going to bring that up. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, let's see here. I My current event, uh, you know, it's just something that I, I – How find- many people right? How many people listening to this right now think that you and I had a good time in a hot tub together right now after I just said that? Uh, yeah, probably everybody. Probably everybody. Yeah. But for, for clarification, is that what we're talking about at all? Uh, no, not – I wasn't. But no, I wasn't either. But if that's I what you're – in this room. My wife's in the room. She's looking at me like, hey. Yeah. yeah. I remember gotta, one. I did that once. Got to keep it PG then, yeah. here. Right. Uh, I did that once and then like all married men, never again. <laughs> get, you mean get married or? I don't kiss and tell. <laughs> all right. Uh, so there was a stupid article that came out this past week. Uh, uh, basically saying it was a Washington Post article. Imagine that. Uh, so it has some legs behind it oh, that, that apparently – there are uh, there are lawmakers now who are focusing their attention to the threat of alien invaders being a possibly a real thing. Whether or not, no matter what you believe about this, this is probably something that we should have some sort of a plan for because eventually it is something that could happen, right? No matter how crazy of an idea you think of are aliens here or not, it could happen. Right. Like tomorrow could be the day I would like to know that the government in some way is kind of preparing for the possibility that this could happen. Right. Like the volcano might not blow up anytime soon, but we should probably have a plan in case it does. So so here's my take. Okay. All right. It's kind of lying along the lines of the dinosaur thought for me. It's but it's even more extreme because We've we've inhabited Earth, Earth, Earth. We've inhabited inhabited. It's gonna Earth be a good opinion <laughs> for how long, right? And there is not one documented proof that of an alien that that I can think of, right? There's been tons of sightings, blah blah blah. Even President Obama came out and was like, "Yeah, I I, I know there's an Area 51, but there's no secrets there. So we ain't hiding no aliens there." We've never caught an alien. An alien's never fallen out of the sky onto Earth. I mean, you know, I I don't I don't think that they're here in any capacity. I don't think so, right? Because it's just kind of like we have a level of technology that would allow us to detect them in some way, right? Like you're either opening up a wormhole, we would probably find that. Or you're flying here in your spaceship, which we would probably be able to detect in some way. Like the damn clouds moving, we would be able to find that. Sure. But I don't think that they're here, but I do think that we should probably prepare for an alien invasion. We should have we should have in some room somewhere we should have a plan with what to do. Like, hey guys, aliens are here. Go get the file. I would agree with you that we should have a plan. I don't know if it needs to be like, you know, maybe just like one folder, one one small manila folder like in a in a desk somewhere. 
I think um, it needs to be at least a whole cabinet. Maybe not one of the big filing cabinets, but like at least a drawer in a cabinet, right? Like we should have some kind of plan here. Because I, I agree with you that I think the possibility is there, but I also think that it's a man-made, you know, man-manufactured worry. Okay. I started thinking about aliens and wasn't really listening. All right. Are you ready for the top five yet? <laughs> I'm pretty pumped up about the top five. I'm actually, yes, like when, when this got suggested, I thought it was stupid. And then I started thinking about it yeah. and I was like, Ooh, okay. Uh, so our top five is top five breads. What's your number five? Cornbread. I'm glad that you have it on your top five. I think that's a little bit high for the top five. I think cornbread is better than that, but I'm glad to see you acknowledging the greatness of cornbread. Oh, it's so good. And it's versatile, right? It's, mm, it's so it good. It's oh, so yeah. good. This might Definitely. during this top five, you might just hear a lot of pauses and just random like you know grumbles from me. Is cornbread the best vegetable or fruit based bread? No, it isn't, in my opinion. And we'll 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 get to that a little bit later. You're gonna put that that high then? Okay. All right. My number five is a breadstick. Okay. I uh, so it's not on my list. It's on my honorable mention. I'm I'm not a big breadstick fan, but. Uh, they deserve to be at least talked about. I agree. Okay. What's number four? Uh, so my number four, um, which you're going to hate, I'm sure, but uh, and I don't even know how to say it correctly. Uh, <laughs> ciabatta? Ciabatta. It's ciabatta, yes. Thank you. Ciabatta bread. Ciabatta. Um, but only, only, yeah, it doesn't matter how the fuck I say it. I know what it is, and I know that when I go to Italian restaurants, they cut it up into little squares, and then they make this like little oil and oregano mixture, and it is fucking delicious. So, oh, I didn't realize that was the that was the type of bread. I didn't realize that was a ciabatta bread. That, I mean, it, it is where I go, so that's that is the only reason why it is on the list, and it is delicious. That's one of those breads, though, that if somebody told me like, "Oh, this is ciabatta," or "This is um, pumpernickel," yeah, I wouldn't know the difference. I'd be like, "Oh, okay, this is pretty good." <laughs> Ciabatta bread. You just be like, all right, this is great. Uh, it's right. so good, though. So good. Hamburger bun is my number four. <laughs> oh man, see, I was wondering. So I didn't, I didn't include, uh, I didn't include those. I didn't, I didn't include a hot dog, hamburger bun. Um, I, I just, just didn't do it. Hot dog bun is not as. I mean, hot dog bun has the same level of goodness. I feel like as a. Hamburger bun, but it doesn't have the same kind of utility, right? Like you can't use hot dog buns for really a lot of things besides hot dogs and sausages. But I mean, as we kind of hinted on or talked about last week, hot dogs are a large part of my life. No, the week before that, I'm sorry. Hot dogs are, are, are a large part of my life. And we had the competitive eater on. We talked about hot dogs. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's not what we talked about. It was actually after that. But anyway, thanks for paying attention to the show that you're on. What's your number uh, three? <laughs> we talked so much. I, I said last week, and then I went to the week before. I got distracted by you sending me that those that Atlas chap picture. Uh, anyways, uh, banana nut bread. Oh. Well, then where would banana bread just be? I don't. I don't have banana bread. I have banana nut bread. Okay, but if you have banana nut bread at three, where on an infinite number oh. list would you put banana bread? Top 25, maybe. Wow, so the nuts is really oh, – yeah. 
You've got to have nuts in your mouth. I, I got him. Yeah, you got me. I got nothing. I, I, I do love it though, man. A banana, but see, it can't be dry. It can't be a dry banana bread. It needs to be a little moist. I like some moist nuts, you know, in my banana in nut bread. I get yeah. it. I get it. Uh, my number three is cornbread. We talked about it. I think it's a little bit better than you think. What's your number two? Uh, see, I, I think that's too high for cornbread, but whatever. Uh, my number two is pita bread. Okay. Because it's, it's not a utility player, man. It's it is. It's the ultimate player. utility player. No, it's not. No, but where are you going to get it? I don't even know where to get pita bread right now. I don't even know. I got, you got to have a connection with somebody no. down at the port. No, they, it's a, it's a very popular sandwich vessel. We'll call it. Um, you can make it out. You can make it into pita chips. You can just have pita bread and just dump it, dump it in some hummus. Like it's very versatile. I just and, don't think it's a, I don't think it's, I don't think it's available enough. Right. When I'm thinking of the top kinds of breads, I'm thinking of the kind of bread that if I need to, I can run down to the gas station on Christmas day and they're going to have it. They're like, you're going to go to Seven Eleven. they're going to have pita bread. No, but well, yeah, probably. I don't think. I don't think it's as yeah, obscure no as way what you think. There's no way there's pita bread at a gas station. No way. I mean, if there is, you probably should wait to get the Whole Foods or something. But like, <laughs> you should whatever. probably keep driving. You're probably in an interesting area. Yeah. Um. Look, I'm going to shock you right now. My number two is to tortilla. Okay. See, I, I, I mean, I give you credit for doing some research. I, I never would have thought of it as a bread. But then yeah, again, tortilla not- is. So would that mean that a taco shell is a, you know, a soft taco is a, I don't think, I don't think maybe a soft taco would technically be, be bread, but I don't believe a hard, more of a chip, a hard shell would be a chip in my mind. That's interesting. Hmm. All right. Well, if it's bread, I'll, I'll, I'll go with what you say. Cause I, I, I don't know. I don't have anything to re you know, refute it. So uh, my number one is kind of what you just said. It's simply just the good old fashioned white bread multi-grain bread, basically any of the basic breads that you just get at the store. How expensive of bread are you getting? Because I agree, mine is just plain bread <laughs> is my number one. But where do you go? Like in my range, there's the there's like the 99 cent stuff. Then we got the dollar level, the $2 level, the $3 level, and then the $4 and up. Where, where's your choice of bread? So, I mean, I'm I'm in the middle. Like, I'm not going for like the the Meyer or or uh, say like the the Walmart brand. You know, like the ninety nine yeah. cent. But I'll go like you know, just a step above. I'm a big Hawaiian uh, Kings like oh, roll uh, fan stuff, man. So yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll sit in I'll sit in the I'll sit anywhere in the twos range. Once it gets once it gets kind of above like three twenty five, I start getting a little bit suspicious of the bread. I'm like, mm. yeah, I don't, I, I don't think I do that. I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've paid over two fifty recently that I can remember. Okay, um, honorable mention. How about this? I'm just gonna list off different kinds of bread. You give me a yes or a no. Okay, let's do it. Baguette. Yes. Brioche. Yes, but I've only had it a handful of times. Bagel. Oh, that's a good one. Why didn't it's, it could be number six? I could see it as six, but it's not cracking my top five. But it's yeah. a solid six. So I'm gonna say yes to bagels. 
Chala? I don't know what that is. Don't know what that is. For 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 Kashia. Oh for boy. Shasha. Maybe maybe you should for just Kachia. stop. Fokashisha, is that what you're saying? Fokashisha and the Mausha? Pumpernickel. Yep. Rye. Yep. Sourdough. Mm, half and half on that. Not a big sourdough. Fan. Yeah, sourdough is disgusting to me. A uh, whole wheat. That's what we eat at my house, believe it or not. Really? Whole wheat. Raisin bread. Uh, yeah. Oh, dude. Why? Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Right? Yeah. I forgot about raisin bread. Yeah. What a man, there's so many possibilities for a top five for bread. I didn't even realize it until I started looking at the list. Right. We could have done like top five fruit or vegetable related breads. Cause we got named a couple of them, right? We got banana bread, banana nut bread, we got raisin, we got cinnamon raisin, and oh. then we got cornbread. There's no real but there's no really other vegetable based breads besides cornbread. Potato bread. Uh, potato bread. Well, there, yeah, you know what? There are potato buns or whatever, right? There are potato like hot dog buns and, and things, huh? Yeah, that's interesting. Yam bread. That's that's pretty much the only vegetable. Okay, that's gonna go ahead and do it for this episode of Profoundly Pointless. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. Cinnamon raisin bread should have been on there. I think that that's a huge oversight on my part. If and if not cinnamon raisin bread, at least raisin bread <clears throat> and vegetables. You got to step it up. There's a lot of good kinds of fruit-based bread, but not many kinds of vegetable-based bread that are any good. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.